Hi everyone and salam. This is Arzo and you're listening to Truth Talk with the Real American Afghan. Thanks again for your loyalty and continuing to listen. Today's episode is called Dreams and Goals, the Importance of Finding Your Path. Now, I think this is an interesting and important topic um, for so many reasons. For us Afghans living in America, um, and I think it's very similar for Iranians and for Indian families, that that traditional stereotype that you must be a doctor or a lawyer um, or a dentist or an engineer. Like those are the only things that our parents tell us. And if you're not one of those things, you are definitely not going to be successful and you're not going to gain the respect of anyone in your family. Um, and those are, and, 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 and why do our parents tell us that, you know, you know, it's, it's because they care because they don't want us to suffer in life. It's because they want us to find a life or create a life with a strong foundation, um, routine and long-term success and stability. And it's a safe path. If you do, if you follow those paths and to completion, you will find a level of success, monetary and material success, which in turn in this uh, construct of the world right now will give you a sense of stability and security. And Afghans are typically pretty conservative and traditional and that um, model is what uh, Afghan families a lot of times push their children to pursue. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but it's not the only way. and It's not the only path. And I hear a lot of young people that may want to do other things and may or may not have the support of their, of their family. And so this, this episode is really to kind of talk to that group. Um, following, there's nothing wrong with following the path that our families um, and tradition sets forth for us. It's, it's, it's a safe path. And that's why, you know, it's, especially being Afghan, it's a very community um, uh, group of, of, of people. It's, it's, you know, the community's voice is your parents' voice. And really, it becomes your voice. And following that path, getting married, having kids, um, there's nothing wrong with that. And it's, and it's essentially the backbone of society. Um, but not everybody resonates with that path. And there are people that have other things that they may want to do, but are afraid to go outside of that path. Um, don't know how, what step to take. Don't know how to talk to or face their parents. Um, and they're not sure outside of those traditional uh, um, paths that our parents tell us what other things could be available and if, if, if we're good enough to pursue those other things. So the first thing really is finding your own voice and learning to listen to that voice. And it's really hard in our culture to cultivate that because we hear our parents' voice. Um, that's the voice in our heads. That that becomes our inner dialogue. And 
I don't know if you guys are familiar with Gary V or Gary Vaynerchuk, if I said that right, but I call him Gary V. Um, he's an, he owns a, uh, his family owns a wine company and he does a lot of talks, uh, about entrepreneurship. Um, and he comes from an immigrant family. So a lot of the advice that he gives about, you know, following your path and, you know, not listening to your parents, it's similar to what I'll be talking about too. Um, finding your voice is important because it helps you figure out yourself and your identity, which as an individual, it's separate than your family and then, and your culture. And it's important to figure out who it is that you are, um, what makes you happy as an individual, as a person, what are you passionate about? What are you good at? Do you have a purpose in life? Maybe there's a purpose that calls you. Um, and it's important to figure these things out. Um, and it's not easy to figure these things out. Um, one, you have to want to. And then two, you have to put a little bit of work behind it. Some people are born with a talent that they know right off the bat. They're amazing at piano. And they know that it's just one of those things that they're just a genius at piano. And they're gifted and they become a pianist and that's just what they are. Um, and for others, it doesn't necessarily come so easy and you have to put a little work behind it and towards it. Um, so how do you do that? How do you figure that part out? And should you and it is okay? And where does that lead? Um, and is that going to lead you to success? Is it going to lead you to happiness? Is it going to lead you to prosperity? And one of the things that um, I think a lot of people, you know, get really stuck on too is the idea that success is happiness. And a lot of successful people will tell you that it may not be or, you know, material wealth equals success and happiness. And that may or may not be the case. Um, Recently, I attended the um, Afghan American conference, and apparently, it's this group of young Afghans. I think between the ages of eighteen and like forty, I think um, most of them being college age, and they do this annual conference and they go to different cities every year, different states. Um, and I believe this year it was uh, about four hundred attendees, and it took place in Irvine. Um, and I attended to actually support, uh, my cousin who was the keynote speaker this year. Um, and I was one, I was very impressed by this conference because, um, it, it, I, I wish I would have stayed, found out about it a little sooner, uh, so I could have, um, witnessed or observed some of the other parts of it, but they've really, Afghan young people have really, I think, um, came up a little bit and, in the past generations, people have tried to do different things to bring the community together, and it just hasn't really happened so or been really successful. But I think this one really is, and, and they've been gaining some traction, and, and, and um, I'm actually really proud of them. Like, I was, I was really impressed. I was like, this is, this is a pretty good event. Anyways, um, so my cousin was the keynote speaker, Farah Chalizi, who a lot of people know him as Mo Chalizi, um, Marshmallow's manager. And obviously, he's gained a tremendous amount of success with what he's um, helped create through his his DJ uh, Marshmallow, and um, 
one of the points that in his speech, he talked about, you know, success and happiness and all these things. And he's very successful now. Uh, and, um, you know, he talks about how, you know, money and cars and all these things, it's not necessarily happiness. So it's, it's important for us to kind of, you know, understand what, you know, those, those, those differences. Um, I, I'll, I'll use a little bit of myself as an example. When I was younger, um, or in high school, I, I felt like I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I, I knew I wanted to, at some point, start my own business. Um, so that's not necessarily a path that, like, you know, someone tells you how to do that. It's just, you know, you either come into a bunch of money and you start a business or through a need, it just naturally happens, or you take a risk and you put your own money or your savings, whatever you have into it and just dive in. So one thing I knew was that, um, it's important to have a level of experience. So I really spent, um, probably a good portion of 10 years working as the right hand to various entrepreneurs and learning and taking on responsibility and seeing how they run their businesses, where the weaknesses were, the strengths were, things like that, and take them on to my, into my next job. And those experiences gave me um, knowledge and insight, and I, I was able to really learn a lot, really learn a lot firsthand without having that risk. Um, I spent another 10 years or so, uh, working kind of in a, in a typical corporate job that provided a level of stability. And my purpose was, um, that this corporate job, I could eventually save up enough money where I could one day, uh, start a business. I didn't know what that was going to be. Um, but in between, there was a point in time where um, I I tried to start a, a business in the, uh, what was it, around 2007. Um, it was in the kind of mortgage era. And I had worked in a mortgage company and um, worked with, a, with an owner and helped him open a bunch of offices and different divisions of his company. And I gained a lot of experience um, and I wanted to start my own escrow company. And around that time I had, um, this was in Orange County. I'd built a lot of relationships with, uh, lenders and presidents of lending companies and things like that. And so I went off to start my own with all these partnerships, um, with other companies that were going to send me business. So although it was a business, it's a risk. I lowered my risk because, I had incoming business coming before I even opened my doors. Unfortunately, what happened at the time was the um, was the collapse of the mortgage industry, and it was like overnight everything just disappeared. Half the people that I was going to partner with closed their doors. Um, all the all these companies went bankrupt, and I was kind of left twiddling my thumbs. Like, well, what now? This is what I was going to do. 
Um, I had an investor that was going to come in with me and um, just as he was about to invest some money, I was able to cancel that, um, not to take on that risk, obviously, because the industry completely changed overnight. So I didn't move forward with that. Um, and for me, I took that as a failure. Um, and, and, and those experiences, they, they hurt, but they make you stronger and it's important to have those kinds of experiences because you hit the lows, you feel them, you learn from them, you take what you can, and then you move on to the next part of your life or the next thing. Um, and, and two things can happen when you experience those types of things. You can let it consume you where you think... Because you know what, it it was, it was like, people knew that I was going to do this. People knew I was going to start this business and, um, and then it didn't happen. So there was that, well, we thought you were going to start this and well, what happened? And it's that whole thing, which is uncomfortable, right? Especially in our community, it's very uncomfortable. Um, but you live through it, you know? And I did the best I could. And what was in my control, I was able to do. There was a whole other aspect of the market that was out of my control. It was not in my control. And it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. So now what? Now, I take that whole experience as a blessing. Because if that didn't happen, the next part of me figuring things out might have not happened. And the next part was, I thought to myself, I left my job to do this business. This didn't work out. I I don't have a plan now. I have no plan. So I decided I'm going to take a step back. And I realized to myself a few things. I realized I don't know what makes me happy. I realized I don't have hobbies. I don't even have necessarily particular interests other than music that I might like. And I realized, wow, I'm 20-something years old and I don't know a lot of things about myself. And so I thought, you know what? This might be a nice time to figure that out. And so I did. And I started making a list of what made me happy. What was I passionate about? um, What drove me? And I started doing different things um, just to cultivate parts of myself. I took uh, singing classes because I like to sing. Um, That's something that not a lot of people know, but I do. I like to sing. Um, I, and I won't do, it's it's something I'm very shy about too, by the way. I, one of the things in the singing class, um, you have to do a recital in front of your class and we had something close to 50 people in the class and I can give speeches in front of hundreds of people or trainings and it's not a problem for me singing is something that is so tender and vulnerable to me um that I would the only way I could do those recitals is I would sing with my eyes closed um and it's, you know, when you're going through those classes, they try to teach you about stage presence and all these other things. And part of that was you got to keep your eyes open <laughs> and you have to um, 
you have to connect with the audience. And I just, it was too scary for me. Um, if I did, you could, my, I would get really nervous. My voice would crack, but if I kept my eyes closed, I was able to, uh, you know, stay, stay, stay in tune and actually sing the song. Um, and, uh, anyways, um, just having those experiences, it, it's, it's so colorful. It brings color into your life. And there's, there's so many, like life is long, you guys, life is long and life is to be lived and it's to be experienced in all of its flavors and not just the good flavors. And, and we tend to, as people, you know, especially in the Afghan culture, but just in general, as, as, as people, we tend to want to stay in our comfort zones and stay in the safe zones. Um, which again, by the nature of being human, you know, going back to our ancestors, you know, as cavemen and, you know, things like that, our instinct, our, the, the, the job of our brain is to make us survive and it's to protect us from danger. Um, but we've evolved to where we are in society and we don't necessarily need to always be in that place. And there's so many beautiful things about life in those different flavors um, and, and colors to experience the failures, the successes, the beauties, the tragedies, all of it. Um, and to me, those things are what it means uh, a, a life that's, that's well-lived is to experience those things. Um, but anyways, so singing class is one of the things that I did. I took, you know, Tai Chi classes, kind of got, you know, a little bit physical. I did some volunteer work and I ended up um, joining this board of directors helping, um, it was called Mary Shelter. It was a Catholic organization in Orange County. And it was a uh, um, nonprofit that helped young women that were pregnant. There were teenage girls that were pregnant. Either they were raped and got pregnant or maybe they got pregnant in their families because they were conservative and Catholic. They kicked them out of their houses, whatever it was, but they were homeless. And this organization provided them with a place to live, uh, uh, you know, took, took care of them once they had their babies, would take care of the babies, the girls would go to school. So I was on their board. And one thing about me, I, I always wanted to help people like that's something that's just kind of in my DNA. And this was a good experience and opportunity for me because I, I learned so many things. I was, I think I was like 26 years old. I was, I was the youngest person on this board of directors. Everyone else was like old, way older than me, Catholic, really wealthy, well-to-do people in the community. So I was very out of my element. Um, but it was such a, and very out of my comfort zone. I was, I was shy. It was hard for me to speak up um, and, and, and to share my perspective. Um, but it gave me that opportunity to be in a boardroom and to, and to, listen to other people and to have ideas and to share those ideas, even if I was uncomfortable. Um, and, and those are the things being uncomfortable helps you grow and growing is really important, um, in your life, um, in, you know, with whatever it is that you're doing, it's always an important thing to try to be better and try to learn. Um, so those were some of the different things that I was doing, to try to figure out what my next steps in life were going to be. Um, so I definitely knew that some type of charity or nonprofit work would be important for me just based on that work. Um, 
and you know I'd I'd always wanted to start a nonprofit organization and that's you know something I'd always you know had kind of also said it's something that uh you know I was always passionate about and I'd always thought about, you know, an orphanage or something like that in Afghanistan, which is why I support the HRF Foundation. Um, And I don't know if I'll explain it on this podcast, but or in this episode. But one of the things that I realized too along the way and through years and years of other experiences is, um, or I'll just share this part. I'm kind of jumping around actually, but I. After this, I'm going to fast forward real quick to like 10 years later. Um, I was on a board of another nonprofit for a few years, helping kids that age out of the foster care system, and then became the president of the board. And I took a lot of my experience from this this organization into that organization. And um, I realized a lot of things. <laughs> nonprofit work is a lot of work with very little pay. Um and it's 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 not easy to run those organizations and i found an organization that's doing that kind of work in afghanistan that's doing a great job so why not instead of recreating the wheel and starting something from scratch why not support one that exists and that's running efficiently and functionally and that's why i advocate for hrf um and by the way it's www.hrfcares.org um, and why I try to fundraise for them and just raise awareness for them. It's the, it's one of the one, one of the nonprofit organizations in Afghanistan that I support because it's just run so well. Um, and they have consistent growth and they help other organizations throughout Afghanistan too. So anyways, <laughs> um, but this, this all ties in though, I promise. So Anyway, so now I'm doing, you know, all these different things just to kind of figure out what makes me happy and hobbies and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And um, I like business. I just do. I just, I, I enjoy it. I've worked for organizations and I've worked with a lot of CEOs and they've always trusted me um, and I always did a good job and I knew where to help them take risks and, and where not to and where to be a little bit more conservative. So I have this knack for it and I have a passion for it. So ultimately what I ended up doing is after my corporate job, um, I could have stayed in that corporate job and who knows what the future holds, but I did great financially. Um, and, but I wasn't fulfilled. And that's around the time when I started doing the nonprofit work for Angel's Nest, um, which, by the way, if you want to see what they're with the kind of work they do, their website is www.angelsnesttlp.org. Um, and that doing that work get, gives me fulfillment. And I can't change who I am. That's like, that's my DNA. And I realize that. Like, some people don't necessarily have to do those things and they're okay and they won't think twice about it. It doesn't make them bad people or anything. It's just, we're all different. So, my point is that I realized, because I put myself in these different situations, I realized that this is something very important to me. Um, giving back in the community and doing nonprofit work is an important part of who I am. 
Um, and I'm passionate about the causes and that's, that's the thing. So I knew I have to, in some way, incorporate that into my life purpose. Um, and one thing that I learned through my path, um, was, and I said earlier that I'd always wanted to start a nonprofit and being president of a board, um, and seeing just firsthand how challenging running an organization is, fundraising is such a big thing, um, constantly fundraising, and there's no sustainability in that. There's no sustainable source of revenue. So how do nonprofits exist for a long period of time? And I always thought that social entrepreneurship is is a solution. Um, and when I got to that point in my career where I realized, like, I'm not happy in this corporate environment. There's so many politics and so many things that just, you know, you kind of have to not be who you are in order to survive in those environments. Oftentimes, you have to play a role um, if you want to be successful. And I just kind of got tired of, of playing a role. And I felt like I was doing myself a disservice for not being authentic to myself and to not pursue my calling. And in a way, you're kind of, you're killing your soul if you're not pursuing your purpose. And I ended up starting, I ended up leaving my company, uh, taking all my savings and using it to start a business. And I started a beauty brand um, called Sexy Boss Babe. And it basically encompasses every part of my life experience, my passion, my purpose, um, what I'm good at, and I put it into one thing. So I used to part-time in college. I worked in the beauty industry and worked in the cosmetic counter, um, worked as a makeup artist and, you know, did all that. And so I had, you know, some beauty and retail experience. Um, I have business and manufacturing experience. Um, um, I had done some business overseas before. So I knew how to put everything together. Um, and then the other part was kind of coming up with a brand concept. And to me, um, what I wanted to do is, you know, there's such a big focus on sexuality. Um, and in particular, female sexuality and objectification. Um, and I wanted to change that narrative. And so sexy, a sexy boss babe, which is the name of my brand, it's not about objectification of women and sexuality. There's a definition behind it. And we put it on the packaging. And a sexy boss babe is a breed of woman that's um, confident from the inside out. She could be any size, shape, or color. Uh, her beauty comes from knowing her self-worth and what she deserves, and she goes after what she wants in life. She's fierce, bold, and empowered. And it's really more of a message of self-esteem. And it's it took me as a woman a long time to get to that place. And I want other women to feel empowered and feel a sense of self-esteem too. Because in the world, in the patriarchal world that we live in, whether it's in the Afghan 
tradition, which is even more, it's, it's, it's stronger, but, um, just in the global world altogether, um, that women really, we need to feel a sense of self-worth and confidence. So that ended up becoming the brand identity and my belief in social entrepreneurship, um, goes back to creating that revenue stream for nonprofits, um, if you team up with a for-profit business, you can create a long-term revenue stream. So a portion of our proceeds are donated to charities that support, and I chose foster youth and sex trafficking survivors. Um, and that's a big problem in America, which I've talked about. Um, and so I'm using the brand as a platform to raise awareness on that cause. I have experience working with that demographic. And when I did start working with that demographic, it was the first time that I learned about what goes on. And it was shocking to me. And it's in line with my purpose. So here's something that I'm, I'm intersecting my business experience, my past work experience in retail, manufacturing, nonprofit, women empowerment, all these things are a part of who I am. And I put it all into one thing. Um, so I, I've taken a risk on that. And I may or may not succeed. And that's the reality of business. Um, and, and, and that's the path that I chose to pursue. That's, I'm not saying that's what everybody should pursue. Your path might be different. Maybe you want to be a singer. Maybe you want to... Um, you know, be an event planner and your parents want you to go to med school. You have to know what your voice is and you have to cultivate that and you have to listen to it. And when people say follow your gut or follow your intuition, it's a real thing. And when you start to tap into that part of you, it will guide you to the right thing. And it's your job to acknowledge it and listen to it. Um, and every one of us has a special, unique talent or a special purpose that we have. Every single person, whether you followed the traditional route or you decided to go off, veer onto a path that you want to forge for yourself like I did. Um, I truly believe in what I'm doing. Um, I'm trying to create a community of women through the the branding messaging of, of self-esteem and, co- and inner confidence to help a marginalized demographic through beauty products. Um, that's what calls me. So no matter what anybody says to me, and, and this, and my path is not easy. This is not, I did not choose an easy path. I chose a really, really hard path because the path doesn't exist you're creating it as you go and you're relying on your experience, you're relying on your on your wit and you're relying on fate. Um and 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 faith too. Um the and and that's not an easy thing and you don't oftentimes have support of those around you. You just don't because you're doing something that nobody else is doing. You're doing something that starting a business is one thing. Starting a brand is a whole other thing. Um, And there's not a lot of people around you that has that experience and people are afraid for you. So people are constantly trying to pull you back into the path of tradition because the outcome is clear. We all know what the outcome is. 
So when you go to a different path, that's why you don't get the support. It's not because people don't love you or people don't want to believe in you. People are afraid and everybody's living in fear. And, 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 and fear is, is there to protect you. And you can live in that fear and not move forward. Or you can look at fear in the face and say, thank you, sir. <laughs> I acknowledge that you exist and you're here to protect me. But there's something I feel deep in my soul or I believe in this cause or this mission or this idea or myself. And I'm going to bet on myself because it is a gamble to bet on yourself. And you have to believe in yourself that much to take that risk to follow your goal or your dream, whatever that may be, against what people around you might say. And that's not easy. Um, you have to have a lot of self-confidence and self-belief to follow a goal or a dream. Um, I have conversations with myself every day and I have to shut out uh, what people say. You know, there's there's a lot of words, there's a lot of people saying things around me and it's not oftentimes um, uh, supportive. And I know they mean well. Um, but sometimes you have to listen to that voice inside of you and not stop until you get to where you need to go. Um, and I, I have little bits of success here and there. My product is now being sold in uh, about 30 stores in Southern California. Um, and we're growing slowly. And it takes time. And in the beginning, a lot of it, you're doing it on your own. And then slowly you start to, you know, bring in on, bring in other people and possibly investors and, and, you know, start to grow your team and start to scale your business. Um, and that's what that looks like for me. Um, and it's not a path for everybody, but it's there and, um, Taking a chance is a risk like anything. Um, but you owe it to yourself. You owe it to life. You owe it to the world to follow that voice. Um, and it may not take you to the place that you think it's going to. And, and that's the other reality. Maybe I'm going to pursue this path and it's, it could be a complete utter failure. I will not know until that day comes or it doesn't come. Um, but at this point... I'm not giving up. Um, and the other thing too, it goes back to earlier when I said life is long. Um, try different things out. Learn from them. Um, it may work, it may not work. And you may realize, like for example, if this ends up not working for me, at least I know. At least I'll have peace in my heart and my gut that I put it all out there. I put it all out on the line in, in, in public, to my family, my finances, everything. I did it. And at least I'll know if it didn't work, I'm not going to feel that sense of regret. And I can always go back to the corporate world. You know, that's, that's always there. Um, so nothing is a death sentence or forever. So if you try and it doesn't work out, that's okay. 
Um, and it doesn't mean, you know, you can't try again. Um, keep trying until you find what that is for you. Um, and it takes courage, you guys. It takes courage, you know, listening to your voice as opposed to your parents and, you know, doing the thing that you believe in. Um, but as the old adage says, with big risk comes big reward. So keep that in mind. Believe in yourself and find your life purpose, guys. It's important and it's beautiful. So I believe in you. And that is the episode for today. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, you can always follow me on Instagram, on my personal Instagram. My social media handle is at the Arzo Yusuf, A-R-Z-O-Y-U, S like Sam, U, F like Frank. And, uh, if you'd like to learn more about, um, you know, kind of seeing what I'm up to, check out sexybossbabe.com. Uh, check out the different tabs. We're doing a lot of fun things. Um, I'm actually on a national film tour right now. I did a documentary about the foster care system and, uh, we screened it a couple months ago in Beverly Hills and it got really great reviews and we're getting, uh, calls from all over the United States asking to see the film. So, uh, I'll keep you guys posted on the different cities that we'll be in. So that's it for today. Hope you guys have a great rest of your week. Till next week for a new episode. Stay tuned and uh, wait for the next little message that's coming up. Thanks again for listening, guys. One last thing, guys. It's always been a dream of mine to help the Afghan orphans. And I know it's one of your dreams, too. Social entrepreneurship is my method of doing that. For any person that purchases a product on my website, sexybossbabe.com, I'll donate 50% of the proceeds to my favorite charity that supports Afghan orphans, the HRF Foundation. If you use the code TRUTH at checkout, you'll also get free shipping. I really believe that we can create change together as a community. If you'd like to learn more about the great work that HRF does, please visit their website, hrfcares.org. Thanks, everyone.